0: Dave Stahl, Joe Dremisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM
2: 1170. The Answer. Laura for La Mesa. Laura Lothian is in the studio, and we're going to chat with her about her campaign for La Mesa City Council.
1: But first, sometimes buying or selling your home can be very overwhelming. That's why we are excited that we have Scott Vinson and Caldwell Banker Royalty Realty as a sponsor. Scott is a tremendously experienced real estate broker with a passion for customer service. Scott is also a San Diego County gun owner board member and has supported our efforts to defend and restore our Second Amendment from the start. So if you're moving, let fellow Second Amendment supporter and real estate broker Scott Vinson help you sell your home and find you a new home someplace else in the U.S., Call him today at 619-948-2459. Tell him you heard it right here on Gun Owners Radio. That's Scott at 619-948-2459. And online at scottvinson.com That's V-I-N-S-O-N. Scott's well, Michael, how you doing, bud?
2: Good, man. How are you?
1: Living the dream. Just what? had puppies.
2: What is that? What kind of puppies do you have?
1: <laughs> uh, four dachshunds that look like four roddies <laughs> oh. They're only supposed to be wearing, weighing a couple ounces, and they're weighing like a pound a piece. Do
2: they literally look like Roddy's, though, or are they just no.
1: big? Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I never thought. Yeah, I think
2: he just busted one of the dogs with its uh, oh. paw in the
1: cookie jar. I wonder if she ever... I don't even know.
2: Because he has... Uh, uh, Roddy's and dachshunds oh no so if you just had some doxins that oh. look like Roddy's, oh you and i may have to have a talk on the birds and the bees here Dave. i it works because oh. i got bad news for you well the bad
1: thing is i take care of them during the
2: day so if <laughs> i left, this on your watch <laughs> oh my god well, i'm gonna blame it on another friend hey, anyway what do we got for our kids? what is that before we go into that what is that g- green jalopy is that
1: something what is that that is a hyundai santa cruz
2: a Hyundai Santa Cruz looks like an old El Camino. Yeah, it, it does, or but like I take But
1: it's it's a unibody truck for the guys that don't really want a full size half ton Ford. Yeah. You like it? Oh, I love it. You've been driving it around all yeah, week? I've had it a week. It's just I've been getting twenty five miles per gallon.
2: It was eye catching. Yeah. Really? And you ought
1: to see it when you turn the headlights on. The whole dash lights up in a big V, yeah. the daytime running and then your headlights are down there. Yeah.
2: It was interesting.
1: I was going to show it to you, but you like your jeep so we have i do like my Jeep. and you want a bronco
2: i drove my jeep today actually and you want a bronco i want I, I i i want a bronco that's so all. i just i'll type. he's a gun show we got to talk about cars for a second so i just <laughs> presented laura my wife not laura the candidate who's here with us we're gonna introduce in just a second i said look if you had if we had 10 million bucks yeah and you, you still got to drive around from place to place yeah. what would your daily driver be and and you know i mean sure maybe you'd get a lamborghini or whatever yeah. what would your daily driver what would your daily driver be
1: what would my daily
2: driver be believe yeah. it or not yeah money's not an object
1: money's not an object 1966 mini cooper s right hand <laughs> drive
2: awesome. laura what would your what would what do you think
3: Oh, wow, if we're going to go vintage, uh, the old... You no, know, uh, you can go anything you want. No, no, no. I, I think I'm with you because I'm in the market for a car right now, and I can't figure out what I want to get. Oh. And uh, I think I love the idea of the old Mercedes convertibles. Ah. Like the 280... What was that? The, yeah, the 260, 260, the 280, yeah. the 300. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. And plus Christian. something that doesn't have a
4: computer on it. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, a Ferrari GTC. Look at this yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're spending money, we're going to be spending money. But you, you know, know what? what you mean?
1: reminded me of a Nissan GTR. Kind no, of I hate
4: Nissan GTR. Stars, the god godzilla the yeah god- no no, no. <laughs> that i'm the not truth? i'm not yeah
1: yeah you want to you want to be smiling at the end of the yeah, road, yeah exactly right?
2: exactly so that's- my laura said she wanted a uh a lexus sedan i forget which model but like a four-door lexus you know something comfortable with yeah with, right. with a couple of you know horses um and i said the new ford bronco absolutely the new ford bronco the two-door oh i ford know bronco that you introduced me to yeah. i said
4: that's that that'd that's be, the have the you been seeing on the road lately I they're, had one. I, yeah, I, oh, you have one? Well, I had it. said oh. I
1: get a new car to drive every week, like that lime green Hyundai. Out yeah, there. yeah, that's all that one That's till uh, Thursday, and then I get another car, and then I get another car, and then I get. I just had, you'll love it, I just had the McLaren GT. No way. Yeah, for a week. How'd you
4: like it? <laughs> awesome.
1: I <laughs> yeah. had the 720S about three weeks ago. Did
4: you Did you play with the little uh, screen thing that goes up and down? Of course I did. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I love that yeah. car. So, anyway, for those listening, I love cars. So Christian, introduce yourself. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually the designer at Core Essentials, uh, the Ratcheting Gun Belt, and their media Ah. guy, and I also own uh, Fenrir USA. We make plate carriers and other U.S.-made goods. And we're going to introduce
2: Christian here. He's going to give him a couple of segments. He's brought in some really cool stuff. Uh, We've already talked a lot about Core Essentials and how much I love their belts. I've got
1: got got mine. I've got mine.
2: And then next to me is the lovely Laura Lothian. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. And, and what, uh, what brings you to the studio?
3: Okay. Well, thank you for inviting me. And uh, I am running for La Mesa City Council. It's an open seat, so there's no incumbent. Yes. And it's a special election, so we're like the only election happening in the county. Uh, and the voting starts uh, first week of October, and the final day is November 2nd. And I am here to just
2: talk to your audience. And, and any any special endorsements that you'd like to talk about?
3: Yes, I have the endorsement of the Republican Party of San Diego County. No, no, no special, the, special, special, oh, special okay. endorsement. Oh, I was that, doing it uh, ascending ascending order. Oh, all right, good. you're <laughs>
2: so, saving the best for Okay, life.
3: all right, I'll go right to the best. Um, I guess I am. Uh, it's the San Diego County gun owners. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. I've heard of that yeah. group. We yeah. can keep her here for a while. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're actually very honored to. And I'm very uh, proud of that endorsement. Yeah, well, yeah. tell us why.
3: I'm proud of it because um, I, I'm proud of it because I think that there's a reason why it's the Second Amendment, and even though I am myself am not an active gun shooter, gun owner, I am surrounded by people that are. They love their guns. They're extremely responsible, and to strip away somebody's ability to protect themselves or their family is is shocking to me.
2: And you've been you've been going to our uh, Simon the guy has been taking you to. Uh, Our events, you went to gun prom a few years ago, Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, And he
2: takes you shooting a lot. Yes,
3: yes. Simon is my significant other of the last 20 years, and he is a fantastic shot. One of our first dates was him clay shooting, and I was like, whoa, (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Uh, And then I went to your gun prom, and again, one of the things I I noticed was everybody was really happy and uh, engaging and... uh, Good looking. I mean, yeah. it was just. Yes. It was all dressed in their
2: cowboy it was, hats. It was
3: a cool crowd. Yeah,
2: we are a very handsome. Uh, yeah, group.
3: Yeah, the we. men were handsome and the women were beautiful. So yeah, yeah. Well, well
2: they're
1: awesome. like-minded. That's the be- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but no. they're just like-minded people, and when you surround yourself with like-minded people. It can be a really enjoyable afternoon. Oh, the evening. energy. Yeah,
2: yeah, it really is. It's well, good. La Mesa is uh, a, a, a city council that we really have to, I mean, this is an extremely important race, folks, and it's a special election that's happening November 2nd, uh, and we really need to get Laura elected. We need everyone's help. Whether you live in La Mesa or not, you can help Laura get elected. And the cool thing is uh, there's no other race to concentrate on right now. So a lot of times when we endorse people, we come up with a list of you know a few dozen people. Right now, all eyes are on your race, and we need people to donate. We need people to walk neighborhoods. We need people to do phone calls. There's all kinds of activities. The La Mesa City Council, the makeup—I—I I would say that the how would I put this—the the, the makeup of the La Mesa City Council—I don't think reflects or properly reflects the people in La Mesa. Well, it certainly has changed. Um, and, and specifically, when I say when I say that, I'm talking about especially when it comes to Second Amendment issues. I think that the population of La Mesa is a very pro-Second Amendment crowd. I'm not quite sure right now the city council is there, but we can get there with you and, and some and some other folks.
3: Well, they were sure pro Second Amendment after last year's riots. Uh, uh, we had yeah. well, I'll tell you, we we had the riot on a Saturday, uh, Sunday morning. The whole town came out and cleaned up. I, there must have been thousands of people who were cleaning up broken glass, mm-hmm. charred building materials, uh, cleaning horrible graffiti. Um, but then we kept getting threats of those same groups coming back for mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, and what I noticed. Very obviously, was a lot of people packing. I mean, it was surprising. I've never seen a gun packing on, heat. Packing heat. <laughs> not yeah, packing not packing. Their bags. Not packing their bags and leaving, although maybe some did. Um, but what I saw for the first time in my life were people uh there was a lot of guns out. Yeah, people were and scared. they almost
1: looked at you and said, Go ahead and say something.
3: Yeah, no, they were they were protecting their businesses and exactly, themselves.
1: Exactly. They wouldn't were you? Yeah. All right, we gotta take a quick break. It's been really fun having you on. We need to talk some more. I didn't she's get the, be car- here the
2: whole the whole show. We're gonna t- have have her weigh in and talk about all kinds of. Courses.
1: Oh, she's gonna hang with us. Yes, right here on FM 96.1,
2: AM eleven seventy, the answer.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM eleven seventy, the
2: answer. Tis yours. Is it me? I was looking at four thirty. All right, we have a local San Diego business owner, Christian Rodriguez, to talk about Friend Rear USA and a better plate carrier.
1: All right, but first, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there is no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. So you need to make sure you are protected by the legal battle after your self-defense battle. And while you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year, with a comprehensive self-defense coverage of an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Hey, sign up today. Go to uslawshield.com. All right. Who's our special guest today,
2: my friend? Well, we just introduced him. Uh, Christian from – we actually – I know you from Core Essentials.
4: Yep. Uh, and also, actually, uh, SoCal Gear Expo, that, which right. is actually will be happening again. Uh, we've been working with Tor Knives to get that going. In the La Mesa area, and uh, that
2: was uh, we were there. We had a booth, San Diego County yep, Gunners had yep. a
4: booth that was in the parking
2: lot yep. of Core Essentials. Yep, that's where I discovered. That's where I got my first Core Essentials belt, which I love. Yeah, um, and, and we t- actually talk about it a lot. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a. You know, I'm. I, I guess I'm kind of. I don't get excited about a whole lot of products, but, but, a, but Core Essentials. That it was very, very cool.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, our startup too is uh, pretty interesting. How Core Essentials started. I mean. Track belts have always been a thing. I mean, you're pretty sure you see them at Macy's, things like that. And so we were doing uh, our own track belts, and then, uh, you know, a couple gun owners were actually like, this would be perfect for a gun belt. And so from that, we started actually reinforcing them using screws. And then, uh, you know, now we have competitors that basically, you know, ripped off our product, which is... Pretty flattering, but it's, it's pretty interesting at the same time. Yeah, it it's been
2: great. I have a black one and I have a brown one for both sets of shoes, Laura, because you know what a slave to fashion I am. Yeah,
4: you yes, know that, yes. got right? to have those.
2: So, uh, uh, so that's how I know you. But you also have uh, Fenrir USA. Yep. Yep. Now, tell us about Fenrir.
4: Uh, Fenrir started up actually during the pandemic. Um, it was actually from my passion for design, passion, passion for tactical gear and shooting, um, and also not being able to find any product during the pandemic things that i wanted to get and so all throughout i mean I, w- I know how to sew i can make you a jacket from scratch and so that's what i was actually doing but for plate carriers hmm. um and then i just started to pick up pick up more momentum and then um actually started just do mass production of them um and so far so I've what been, do
1: been, you make what is it that you actually make a plate carrier now what yeah. is a plate carrier a plate carriers uh basically something a you ad- carry your dinner plates from, no no the <laughs> armor oh.
4: plate so i mean my my plates could carry up to you know level five as long as it fits a, a 10 by 12 um, I do have one here. I mean, it is all- So, level and,
2: five is- A level five is- it just it'll stops stop. a certain
4: Yeah, stops a certain round. It starts going up and up yeah, uh, with the different rounds. And level and, five
2: stops like everything, right? Yeah, like yeah. Everything short of like a nuclear missile yeah, or Yeah, exactly.
4: Or well, not everything. I mean, yeah, <laughs> okay. it's, it just depends. So,
1: what in the world made you think there was a market for this?
4: Uh, I mean, there is a market uh, for plate carriers in general, especially during the riots and COVID. People were scared and buying plates uh, and plate carriers in general, especially- uh, with the supply chain being knocked out sure. super crazy against uh you know, we're still having supply chain issues with core and uh, uh, Fenrir. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's a lot of a lot of my competitors and Core's competitors that we're they no one could really get materials and stuff mm-hmm. even to right now. There's I mean you guys have seen with the chip shortage in cars, it's Same uh, thing. just random stuff like that that goes out and stops production. And weird. so yeah, and so I was actually when I started making plate carriers, uh, the materials that I was finding to use them was they were actually available and uh and people are just I, with my marketing skills, with because I also do the media stuff for uh, Core Essentials, and so carrying that over to my personal stuff, I mean, I was just just rocking out. So that's amazing. Yeah.
2: So, what's your background? Like, how do you, you said you you're a designer for Core Essentials, and of course, you do the plate carriers. Yeah. Or, so my background, background, I've
4: always been into design and uh, tactical, even since like I was little. I I remember when I was really young, I was hand sewing like a ghillie suit together. I don't know why I was just doing it, and then uh, I ended up going to actually to fashion school in New York um and so from wow, that really like that's kind of interesting well how did how did you what attracted you to that well i love clothes too and so and so my senior year of fashion school i was actually doing a uh, bulletproof clothing so i was making really <laughs> yeah so i was making really really nice like jackets and stuff like that like really kind of high fashion stuff but with 3a inserts in them so i would What's tailor a 3a insert 3A stops everything uh, up to a 44 so wow. about seven shots of you know everything that.
3: You, you look like a Navy SEAL, and, and then your <laughs> no, Vogue fashion is just no, yeah, just, so. yeah. You do not. No, he doesn't
4: fit. look like a fashionista. No,
1: he's wearing yeah, very yeah. Macho calm, and handsome. Yeah, but very yeah. calming clothes. Not like you know, he's not yeah. All sparkly. Yeah. And, uh, did you yeah. get? Sparkly. Did you find? A, um, did you like the sparkly? No, yeah, no sparkly, no sparkly. at did you find Was a market a for it? The what? Did you? I mean, were, were any any uh, celebrities? come to you for their clothing
4: uh not no people always ask me like how are you gonna reach out to them but then you know pandemic happened but oh. long story short uh I, w- I got a lot of success at my school because like at my school it's, a, it's one of the it's actually the best fashion school in the u.s that i went to and so most of the stuff that comes out of there is very like fashion inspired yeah yeah and yeah. mine was more tactical inspired so like me coming out of there they really have never seen that before and yeah so i got into uh, vogue i was actually in vogue magazine uh the september issue and so if you wow. like, if you went to Barnes and Noble, you could actually pick up a magazine with my picture, and it was pretty interesting. No so you, you I, were in Vogue. I was in Vogue. That's kind of cool. Yeah. How it was, cool is that? It's so it actually pretty what, interesting. What I, were
1: they talking about your clothing?
4: Yeah, yeah. So they're the they're, durability of it. Exactly. So the first time I was in Vogue uh, was online, and they were really highlighting that. And then the second time in the actual issue uh-huh. that I was in, there was like fifty designers to look out for, and I, you know, I was in there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so in that time, I was actually I was just telling um. I was just telling her that we when we went back for June, it was like prime time COVID in um, New York. Yeah, and uh, it was just really, really eerie. But I went there for a photo shoot, and I was also kind of moved out. And I was one of the classes actually that uh, graduated online, and so I never really got to have a real graduation. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm only so
2: you're in New York, you're at fashion school, you're in Vogue, yep. and you're in the middle of a pandemic. In and, the middle of a pandemic, and exactly. And you're and and but but you're you have a a, a tactical you know, mindset. bulletproof, yeah. you know, uh, or tactical mindset, a bulletproof product. Yep. W- what was it like going through school and living in New York? You know, what was it like being in that world with that, from that perspective?
4: Um, you know, I always try to get my little tactical fix in, <laughs> like I always, uh, like, especially growing up, I always loved like airsoft. So I mean, I still do play it. Um, your guns are completely like kind of illegal in New York. You can't, I mean, to even get a gun, you have to wait probably like, I think it's like nine months to get a permit. To get a gun
2: to, to get a, a firearm or to, to get, get a, a, to a get firearm a, in general okay yeah, yeah. and you're so, not talking about a an not airsoft for the criminal no, no, so
4: but an air but yeah. airsoft is kind it's borderline legal in uh new york even though i still did it I've, i'm actually still in new york like airsoft group chat and we would just, yeah we would just go play all the time like upstate new york you know even in brooklyn and uh and so like i would always just be obsessive with the kid over there and, and then when i come back and actually shoot real guns i mean it's so you just
1: yeah. your clothing drive just couldn't help but go to an area that absolutely yep. nobody does it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when's the last time you went down and bought a bulletproof vest? Well, actually. That, <laughs> oh,
5: just, just yeah,
2: I mean, year. I know you
1: I hurting. actually have one, Day. For, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably last video. week. I actually but, have
2: plates and a bulletproof vest on it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and you know, but, that's so funny, too. Because, I mean, you know, you should always find something
2: that you want to do that makes you happy and you love. But I'm such a big guy. I, to, I actually couldn't get plates. I, I had to get a platter.
1: <laughs> then you need help getting out of a chair. May
3: I ask a question? Is it just for men, or is there women's?
4: Uh, right now, I only have one size, which is a medium. I mean, most people wear a medium. Um, it's not about the it's not about the size that of the. It's about the size of the plate, and so the plate really drives what size plate carrier that you wear. There's large, or small, there's extra large, but the most commonly used is medium. That's a 10 by 12 plate by most of the time. 10 inches one-ish. by 12 inches. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a ten a ten inch wide yeah. by twelve inch tall, and yeah. then um. And you know, how does it kind mount cut, to your chest? Uh, there's a little insert in there that you just kind of push the plate in. Okay. Well, and b- you could... b-
2: but before we get to the product, wait, wait, wait. We kind of skipped over. Sorry, I sorry, really sorry. want to know. That's okay. I really want to know what was it like being oh in my, that yeah. world, though. You're in the fashion world. You're 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 in you know you're in vogue. All that. Other. What's it like being a gun guy in that world? did, did was there you know, uh, back, hostility, you know, pushback, hostility. Pushback,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, actually, a lot of. A lot of people would uh, kind of – a lot of people liked me because I, I get along with a lot of people, but they were also kind of confused by me because, like, especially how I look. I was I was working out a lot a lot then, too, and so I was really big walking around that school. And I was probably the, actually the biggest kid there, um, and so people were, like, kind of confused by me, but I'd also get into some arguments about, you know, some gun rights, blah, 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 and also in New York – uh, they're trying to make plates illegal, like armor illegal, which is crazy. Like, I don't know. It's not even like you're going to use it to harm somebody. It's just it's protection. It's like it's, it's like you. making seatbelts illegal. It's like yeah. it's random. You know what <laughs> I mean? And it's because their their whole thing is about. Um, so criminals can't use them, which is crazy. That's actually a law like across the board. I'm pretty sure in most states yeah. that yeah. it's they're legal to have unless you're a felon or they're illegal, you know, yeah. If you're committing a crime with uh, plates, but New York's trying to make them completely illegal for even civilians. They do to just... want you to move. You yeah. do know that, don't you? Yeah, and yeah. so I think
2: their handwriting's on the wall. Yeah. So, and... what was, was? anything said to you? Did anybody you know react? Did you have an, an instructor who? who bad-mouthed you know, no, my, they my instructor
4: i mean the head of the fashion like council at that school they loved me i mean they had me speaking in front of like all like the freshmen and everybody because
1: you're so far out yeah i think just because the yeah
4: they just never seen anything like like me in there and i was kind of like the underdog people would be like oh why are you doing that that's kind of a weird like thing you're doing yeah nobody's um, gonna buy that yeah silly and stuff. exactly and so i mean everybody was just making like you know their regular dresses and stuff like that and and uh, especially over there, it's people don't really do menswear either, and mm. so I wanted to do menswear. And then also the route that I took um, it was just kind of threw everyone. Bright out. But light yeah, a, in lot a dark room. Of, yeah, exactly. I, really,
2: that's pretty cool. I mean, what a great representative you are for our community.
4: Yeah, thank you. Seriously, don't and, you think? Yeah, and so also I have my brother over there. My brother goes to the same exact uh, fashion school as me, and I had him. He was a freshman when I was a senior. And he was like sewing up all all of my stuff too and helped me uh So you, you
1: so know, he's gonna complete. be part of the company?
4: Yeah, exactly. So he he helps me. He actually just left back to New York. He's I didn't there think right about now. so
2: you, there really is there's a huge bias towards women's fashion, I'm I'm guessing, right?
4: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. So
2: I it's mean huge. What was it, like ninety percent women in the school?
4: About yeah. Oh my god. I didn't <laughs> yeah. think
2: about I wish it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I wish I could go back and <laughs> Talk to eighteen-year-old. I would have. That's a great idea to go to that school. Yeah,
4: yeah, I know. It's it's right there on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. I mean, it's it's you can't miss it either. It's this weird okay. looking. So I building. got into
1: the typewriting class of my school. That's because where all the girls were. Yeah, typewriting. Yeah. Well, and he I took was, it. He took that whole theory a whole step. Yeah, it I was like, I'm going to go to fashion school. Yeah. And I had to have my fingers removed from going through the keys because they couldn't get them out. So that was my last. I was only there one day. So that was my last day of uh,
2: typing school. Yeah, I took I took type I took I think I was like I, I it was like 1994. I graduated in '94. I think it was like the last <laughs> typing class they yeah. had, and I took it for about
4: five minutes and yeah.
2: said, the same for yeah, me. For I'm me just gonna, I'm gonna have to fail in life, I guess, because well, I'm not gonna know how to type." Well, now you can just yell it. Now your it's phone. not even called. Is it even
1: called yeah, typing can- anymore?
4: I yeah, I like, know. You just yell at your phone; it'll type it for you. It's pretty crazy. I think By it's just way, thumbing now. I
1: just did buy an antique typewriter too, so now I have one, so I can you know keep it on nice on track. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And we're gonna keep talking
2: to Christian. Yeah, we're gonna talk more good. about
1: plates, and it'll be every kind you could ever imagine, right here on Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six 1, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Okay, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, our freedom of speech is just as important as our freedom of self-defense, and that's why we're thrilled to support an American company like MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use the code FREEMARKET3 and get up to 66% off America's best pillow. Get a great night's sleep and enjoy the satisfaction of supporting companies fighting against cancel culture. That's MyPillow.com, and use the code market 3 for up to a 66% discount. Nice. All right. Well, hey, we've got uh, Christian Rodriguez sticking with us. USA. Fenrir USA. Fenrir. 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 All right. What's up with the name?
4: Fenrir. It's, it's actually from Norse mythology. Yeah. So oh, should have known. Is, yeah, you should have known. <laughs> but known. like I said, it is quite the marketing strategy there because it's, it's I guess you try to figure out the name and Fenrir. look into it more. Yeah. Okay. So y-
2: the the product mainly is is a plate carrier. Yes. And and we talked a little bit about plate carriers. Um, for for those who don't know, plate carriers it's it's this it's basically armor you wear to stop a bullet. Yes. And I think most people are used to the idea of a plate carrier being this big, bulky, you know, thing that the yep. military yep. uses. But plate carrier technology has come a long way. Long way. I it's mean. almost to the point where it's replacing what people think of as bulletproof vests exactly yeah so talk about plate carriers why first before you even show us your product why plate carriers
4: uh plate carriers i mean it's plate carriers is a very blanketed term i mean you there's a lot of different plate carriers out there i mean the one that i have that that i make uh it's a slick plate carrier and that's it's starting to become the more and more like the the norm i'm not the i'm not actually the first one to make a slick player plate carrier i'm actually got to give a Shout out to Feral Concepts. They actually made the Slickster, which is like what started that, uh, which Spirit Systems followed and a lot of different T-Rex arms followed. And what does that mean? What's a Slick? A Slick plate, plate carrier is basically something that you could dress up and dress down. Uh, you could wear it underneath the suit if you wanted to, or you could dress it all the way up, plate carrier, like full-on gear if you're going to do, okay. you know, some sort of something so plates
2: but, and plate carrier technology has come so far yeah. that you can wear it, you know under a suit exactly and just like an... a bulletproof vest exactly so why would i not why why is why would i wear a why would i do a plate carrier over a bulletproof vest for those out there who aren't familiar
4: uh plate carrier i mean bulletproof vests you can't really wear as strong as like strong armor like that i mean most bulletproof vests are kind of 3a around that area plate carriers i mean you could throw anything in there i mean it's
2: Way tougher, yeah. Way tougher. You're stop you have way, mu- way exactly. more. Exactly. I mean, and
4: it's w- so versatile. Protected. You can just throw in whatever you want. Some days you want a three a. Some days you want a five. Not saying 5A, five is cheap. I mean, five is. Three. So you can 000. you can
1: interchange plates depending yes, exactly. on what you're doing. Whatever you're doing. What kind of yeah. weight are we talking about? Say plate A and then all the way to the top.
4: Well, it really depends what plate well how much money you have really because plates like 3a you could get some cheap 3a for like 100 bucks a plate they're not the best plates no i want
1: i want the if i you know because i'm a nordstrom kind of guy even though i've (laughs) never been there i've seen pictures if if i was gonna buy you know the, the lowest impact versus the highest impact what are we talking money wise
4: um for a good pair of fives i mean you're looking around two thousand dollars okay yeah two thousand dollars around there and then uh and they last forever no they don't last forever they actually last about five five six years (laughs) because they 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 expire from it depends how much you wear it too like a helmet yeah like a helmet well helmets last around 10 years yeah. um depending on which company you use what them. happens
2: to the plate? like if so nothing what happens, happens to it's it. a lot
4: of kevlar and ceramics but what happens all that moisture and sweat and wear it starts to get into the actual fabric uh, of it it's actually just a bunch of fabric layered on top of each other and it starts to really degrade it and so i mean after five years i'm not i don't know if it, what kind of bullet it would stop at that you know but 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 i think uh, 2000s like yeah it's crazy that's
2: way up there in your budget i think most people out there are probably spending three four five hundred bucks on plates yeah i mean my plates
4: that i personally use are the s the hesco l210s which are they're like 300 dollars, and they're actually pretty good plates they're not too heavy they're about five pounds each so you're looking about 10 pounds but you could you know go to the lower end three uh three a's which are about a pound each um but always stay away from steel plates i can't emphasize that enough steel steel plates are a People always want them because they're super cheap, and they're always like, "Oh, they're level this because they could stop whatever." But they're really heavy, and then also they also don't um, absorb it. They actually, instead of absorbing the bullet, you got shrapnel going everywhere. So when that bullet hits you, you got shrapnel going to your neck, your legs. I mean, oh. you're just getting cut up mm-hmm. all over the place. Or didn't like that at all. Yeah. Oh. So people people think that that's like the easy way out, but they're only good for uh, target practice, not yeah. for it to actually right. be worn. All right, um, well, let's check out your product. All right, well, let me open it up real quick. Sorry, I got it. Brought it all packaged because I'm actually gonna give this one ar- away here. Oh, ah. So, so, well, we'll so make Ridge put it right back right together. Silica here. So you have your cummerbund right here. Let me show us the camera right here. Fancy. Your little cummerbund with your little rear you, tag. You carry so your th- opera ticket. Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you're, this goes actually around your entire waist, and these are actually perfect pouches for magazines, radios, tourniquets, things like that. And I made these little these little guys right here, so you could put, you know. Um, all kinds of, you know, glow sticks or whatever you want, or chem lights—I just like to call right. them glow sticks accessories. They, yeah, accessories. It's the color
3: of World War One, khaki.
4: It's actually a coyote, but yeah, yeah, it's a. People like this color a lot. Just the way I—I I love this color, especially yeah. for this environment that we're in, in in San Diego. Um, and so we have a lot of molly on the front right here, and then we have we have stuff. It's for a, a placard system. Tell, tell Laura what molly is. Molly is—you've seen this, right? This no. Thing, you've never seen this? No. I know you have. This is like. <laughs> This is on every single like Nike backpack. A lot of Nikes it's, it's like M O L L E. Yeah, M O L L E. A lot of like different uh, brands, not even tactical brands anymore, uh, really using this Molly stuff because it's so versatile. You could put anything onto it. It oh, looks so strong. Okay. And and Molly across the board is always exactly specced the same way. So you could have all these materials and different things that are uh, for Molly. I mean, people put holsters on them. People put um, little clips on them. I mean, look, Laura, check this out. You got some Molly right See there. That? That's how there it.
2: Is. Oh, okay. So it's got so it's got Molly. Right, it's got the little straps there, okay. and then I can put a pouch or whatever right. I it's want. It's not Velcro. It's not Velcro. No. Okay. So I can put a pouch, or you could put whatever you want. I just happen oh. to have patches, okay. in there, or a, a pouch, but you can put uh, whatever just you want—a holster scraps. or whatever. Yeah. It's just so, a, a system for
4: attaching yeah,
6: mounting things, exactly.
4: Mounting, a mounting stuff. System. Okay. A lot of people are getting really smart and really crazy with this because, like, after a while, people are—I'm telling you—the slick way is going really, really, really wild, and so this is a. Uh, now becoming like a little obsolete with people but it's like a it's kind of a fight people are starting to use laser cutting to get that molly in but the thing with laser cutting it's it does save you weight from this little webbing being on here and you don't have to actually sew it it's just you laser cut it in but it's not as strong as actual webbing Mm -hmm. i mean after a while that fabric does give uh but the way that this is set up too is you could also like i made it so it's meant for a placard system which i don't know if i should really get into but you could kind of just clip on whatever mission load i mean you could keep it bare like this and you still have your plates which go in here these are your plate bags right here plate bags that's
2: where you actually carry yeah, you the, carry your the, actual the armor
4: inside here so all you gotta do is i don't know how it sounds on the mic but all <laughs> you gotta Velcro-y. do is just throw the whatever plate that you want in there you I mean you could switch you saw how easy that is all you gotta do is throw it in there mm-hmm. uh but so if you want it worn down you could just wear it like this underneath whatever jacket or if you want it all loaded up you just throw a placard on there and it's clips you just have to get these little clips and it clips right into it it's really awesome mm. um and, and
2: and you can wear that with plates, like you said, under maybe not under a t-shirt, but yeah, not
4: under a t-shirt. You know, but little under, jackets under a suit. Yeah, especially right now, it's getting a little cooler. Jacket seasons coming in. You could carry bigger guns inside. You could, you know, you could also uh, like let's say you're you're, you're, you're an elected official supplies. in La Mesa. You may, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you may, may wanna, you may need one. Yeah. You
2: may want to invest. Oh well, they're
3: under my blouse. <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. Um, and then another a little cool feature about this too is how breathable it is. This is actually a dirt stretch material. So it's really, 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 really stretchy um, and also really breathable so that you're able to all that pressure on you, especially with magazines and whatever you're carrying, starts to make you sweat a lot. And just the plates, especially being up against you, gets kind of uncomfortable. So you have this right here for breathability. And I also added this uh, uh, loop right here so you could put pontoons. Pontoons are basically a lot of different companies make them, but you attach them like that and it creates this fat pad on all four. So it's laying off your back. It's laying off your chest. Um, and it's just all around a great system. So is use. that
2: just for comfort, or what's a pontoon? It's for, do? It's
4: for comfort and breathability. So when especially you have, if it's hot out, yeah, if you have about a pontoon that's like about this thick, you have that it means you have that much airflow going through your mm-hmm. back, and that's you know you're, you're gonna want that, especially wearing yeah and place this, and, the, and stuff The, like
2: the clothes, so the the where the plates go, that that's held closed by what? By Velcro?
4: Yep, Velcro, and it's actually a really really strong Velcro. It's all mil spec materials, oh, so well, yeah. it's a lot stronger than your regular. Uh, you know, Velcro and mill spec materials—they're—they're they're really fun to work with. You know no, that weighs sorry, how much? Like, what what'd you say? Yeah,
2: how much does it weigh?
4: Oh, this this weighs—I think it's like 500 uh, 500 grams or something like that. 500
2: gram? I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. yeah. How much is 500 grams? Everybody A shake.
1: No,
4: I, no, I, I think it's <laughs> 320 grams. How many pounds? Oh, this is like not even a pound. That makes yeah, more so sense. There you go. Now yeah. you're <laughs> on our So by world. itself, there's no pound. I'm yeah.
2: an American. I don't know what a
4: gram yeah. is. Yeah, I know. and then
2: the plate added to it. No metric. <laughs> an Instagram. I know what that is. Yeah, 100 honey a, grams. I know what those with are. With the
4: plate added to it, I mean it's it's whatever your plates are really. This yeah. is under a pound. That's all you okay. need to know. It's
2: so what's you know, the, the heaviest itself. plate?
4: Heaviest plate, uh, five pounds. Yeah, about five. Well, yeah, five. Unless you're adding steel. Steel's like eight to ten pounds per plate. But like I said, don't use steel. But but
2: that okay. But that holder is like. It's like a it's like a heavy jacket. Yeah, it's the equivalent yeah. of a heavy jacket. You throw a plate in there, you're looking at another couple pounds. Exactly. So it's, it's depending on how much
4: money you want to spend and how much uh, armor you're planning. On well, it's in not
2: there. nothing, but it's not ridiculous either. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so well, that if you wore that and had a sports coat over the top, would anybody know what you're wearing? Well, I mean,
4: it kind of depends what kind of sports coat. Probably <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not. so this is open in the front. You know, it's right.
1: I mean, you know, like a t-shirt or yeah. just a, a sports coat. Why not? Where's the front of
2: it? Show me the front. This of is it. the front of it, right here. Okay. Can
3: you wear that on a plane? On a commercial plane?
2: No, oh, that's a good I'm question. I'm
4: not too sure, actually. I'm you want to sure go? Get some weird. Yeah, you want to try <laughs> it out? Well, how much <laughs> metal? You somewhere? There's no metal. No, there's no metal. So you um, get right through there. Hypothetically. Yeah, you could yeah, probably wear it, but if you
1: put
5: the metal long. in it,
4: they'll question
5: it. Probably. Yeah. Not I'd, that
4: they would not allow you to remove. It probably look there's. You'd probably start some problems though. People go, what, <laughs> what kind of vest are you wearing? You'd probably, probably. Yeah, they, I wouldn't they, want to risk it. They well, probably if you have, asked the question. Yeah. yeah. Or if you had a business <laughs> card
1: and showed you were the, you know, you're the owner. Yeah, of the I
4: think it, maybe it would pass. But then again, it's like, okay. And you get, still want to put it but, down
1: below? You don't want to take it off? Yeah, on
4: exactly. Board. So.
1: All right. So, do you, it's coming in any other color.
4: Uh, it comes in uh, coyote, black, ranger green, multicam black, and uh, multicam. Gonna be Cotton candy pink. Yeah. And so, actually, that's the next thing for Fenrir. I actually wanted to personalize it stop making these like colors like this and actually make it more of like a specialized drop so these there's these camos that are really like niche camos like u.s desert night m81 things like that and so i'm thinking about like stopping production on these like mass-produced uh plate carriers and start going more of the custom route. and also
2: well, are, who is your customer are you it, it, again most people associate this with military law enforcement but you're selling to civilians.
4: I'm selling. So, I mean, I'm. I've never been in uh, any law enforcement or military, and I, I train. I. I mean, I think every civilian should own a pair of armor and, and train. I mean, that's your. That's your right. So the end um,
2: user, we're talking. If you're listening in Southern California, he's selling to you. This is not yeah, a government this is, contract. This is for you. And how does it? How do they find you?
4: Uh, my website fenrirusa.com and Instagram fenrirusa. F E N. Yeah, yeah F-E-N-R-I-R-U-S-A.com.
2: F-E-N-R-I-R-usa. F-E-N-R-I-R-usa. Yep.
4: You know I gotta go too.
2: Google that to find out what the heck it is.
1: I know? mean, yeah,
4: you'll find it though.
1: You'll. I have a funny feeling. All right, <laughs> awesome, well. Christian. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And Thank it's love to see young entrepreneurs. You know, yeah. take take your take what's between yeah, the your ears and run with it.
4: Yeah, with this and also with uh, core essentials. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep so. up those belts. I love it. They're the best. Yeah, we. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of new products coming out too, and yeah, we're also working on a duty belt as well. Uh, we also actually just came out our battle belt. Uh, that we just designed and it's, it's really what's the website over there? and you're located Core, in La Mesa yeah and we're, in, we're a La Mesa company <laughs> we're trying to stay in La Mesa we love the area center drive um, what's the website coreessentials.com and so you can find us on Instagram and that's Pinterest, K-O-R, K-O-R- K-O-R-E essentials.com yeah right.
1: well hey it's always good having you down take care we're going to take a Thank you. quick break
4: who we got coming up next oh, oh. we're going to talk to
2: let me see who are we talking to next U.S. Senate candidate Mark, I know that lady Mark, no Mark Meser oh we're going to talk to Mark yeah Okay, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170.
1: The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The Answer. All right. Mark Muser is running for U.S. Senate. Find out why California should vote for him next.
1: All right. I'm just looking at what I do with my... Oh, there we go. Hey, we live in a state where your self-defense nope, rights... Nope,
2: nope. Did you know oh. law-abiding gun shops... Where in the world did I do it? 445. 445. My
1: 445. I'll just use this one. All right. Hey, did you know law-abiding gun shops and manufacturers had their credit card pos or uh, processing shut down because their vent the vendors think that the guns are inappropriate? <clears throat> well, shutting down businesses that support your constitutional rights to self-defense is wrong, which is why we are so excited to have 365 Glacier Payment as a 10 ring partner. 365 Glacier Payment specializes in companies in the firearms industry and if you have a business that accepts credit cards give them a call today so you can enjoy the peace of mind that your accounts won't be shut down and also enjoy the best rates visit their website at 365glacierpayments.com ask for a free account review and if they can't beat your credit card processing rates they'll pay you 100. Whew. All right. 100 bucks.
2: I can use 100 bucks tell me about
1: it i could use a 100 bucks too all
2: right so our our guest mark is out uh, campaigning hard i guess so you know how that you know how that is laura oh yeah how's your campaign been (laughs) this is not your first campaign right
3: no but this is the first campaign that i've done with help and i i actually i actually have a, a, a capital media um helping me run my campaign and it's the first time I've ever been asked to raise money. I've never, I've always self-funded anything I've ever done. Uh, and I've been talking to household names, and like the biggest celebrities in San Diego. And it's been amazing. And I've raised thousands of dollars and I've never done it before. Wow, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, actually, Mark's on the line. Uh, we're going to continue to talk to you in just a minute, Laura. But let's see, let's let's talk to Mark, see how his campaign's going. Mark Miser, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Uh, It's a pleasure to speak with you again. You and I have uh, kind of, we've been in the same room a number of times and and said hello a few times throughout Orange County and San Diego. You're very involved in uh, politics in Southern California. I think that's fair to say. Uh, I I, I, I wouldn't put the disclaimer of
7: Southern California. I would say the state of California.
2: The state of California. You actually, now I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you actually work for a law firm that's out of, san francisco right
7: that is correct um i may live in southern california but the firm's based out of san francisco
2: and what kind of law group what kind of law do you practice
7: i do constitutional uh political and election law
2: which is huge in california
7: (laughs) uh let's just say if i had a thousand attorneys working under me with an unlimited uh, budget i would still have uh need more attorneys
2: (laughs) you'd still need more attorneys so what was the catalyst? What made you not, like I said, I've, I'm very familiar with, with how involved you are in, in politics in California. Um, what And, and, and you know, I know a little bit about your, your career and, and what you do as, a, as an attorney. Well, what was the catalyst? What made you go from that to, uh, to candidate for U.S. Senate?
7: Well, you know, over this last 15 months, I have filed 22 lawsuits against Gavin Newsom I have multiple other lawsuits going on, like when Shirley Weber decided that uh, she was going to make up a new rule, reinterpret California law, and cut Larry Elder off the ballot. Um, You know, I was the attorney who represented a third-party voter to uh, show the First Amendment uh, reasons why she couldn't do what she was doing, and we actually won, and Larry Elder ended up on the ballot. You know, when the Democrat Party tried to take Trump off the ballot, I, you know, I represented three voters in the state of California. So over the last couple of years, I've, I I probably 30, 40 lawsuits against the government. Uh, for, And I, I'm kind of getting fed up of playing defense in the courthouses. And it's like, well, if I'm fighting for people's liberties and their freedoms and their constitutional rights, I'd rather just take them out of of office where they can't do the damage to begin with.
2: Interesting. And the uh, the election, this is, uh, you're running for the seat that Harris vacated, right? Am I right? Or is this yeah. going to be Feinstein's? Well, no, this is Harris.
7: Feinstein's up in 2024, so this in 2022, which is, you know, anybody who lives in the state of California, Kamala Harris is, was your U.S. Senator when she became vice president Gavin Newsom appointed Alex Padilla as the replacement. So right now, based upon who's in the race, it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna be Alex Padilla versus me. Mm.
2: And 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 we know how bad Padilla is on 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 Second Amendment issues. We're very familiar with him. He came from the legislature. He was been in Sacramento for a while, and he's voted for uh, and I'm, I'm if memory serves authored some some pretty horrible. Anti-second amendment legislation. You know, we're a gun show. Um, what What are you going to do different if you're a U.S. senator? What are you going to do different for gun owners if you if you get elected?
7: Well, my well, number one, you've, you hear what's going on up in San Jose right now, where they're going to try to put insurance on everybody. Yeah, uh, our firm is one is prepared for litigating that particular case. I mean, I believe in protecting the constitutional rights. That constitution is to protect we, the people, from the government. And so the thing is, it's not what I'm going to do. It's what I'm not going to do because I, any law, I think, is in direct contradiction of that Second Amendment. So what is it I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be uh, passing laws. I'm going to be fighting the them p- putting laws in
2: place. I'm assuming when, bad laws, we, we, if they're, you know, uh, trying to, you know, gun restrictive laws. Unconstitutional. Unconstitutional yeah. laws. Uh, you know, victim yeah. disarmament laws you're going to fight against.
7: I mean, we got, you know, the, the whole purpose of the Second Amendment is to protect the people from an overzealous government. And so, it, you know, the Second Amendment is not a hunting permit.
2: <laughs> exactly right. So so tell us about your strategy. How are you going to win? What can gun owners do to, to help you win?
7: Well, I, I'm, I'll put it this way. What we can do to win is we vote. I, you know, I'm an election law attorney, so I actually get pretty deep into the weeds. Um, in 2018, I was the Republican candidate for Secretary of State. I got about 4.4 million votes. There, I lost by about 3 million votes. But what we found in looking at the data is that there are 4.5 million people who are registered to vote in California who know they have a civic duty to vote in California but chose not to vote because they didn't think I could win.
5: Mm.
7: Well, we ha- the, the silent majority has simply bought the lie that people who want good government can't win, and what we have to do in order to win is – invigorize the people. There's like eight million evangelical Christians who didn't vote. There's several million gun owners who didn't vote. You know, so, so Mark,
2: is, Dave, and I talk about this fairly often. <laughs> I Dave, know. I, you see where I'm going I already. Oh, know right Where you're going? So we've talked about this a lot, and you know, you're probably one of the best people we can we can talk to about this. Mm-hmm. You know, is California? You know. Are they cheating? And, and when I say are they cheating, you know, do people's votes count? Do do uh, uh, you know, do we have a fair and, and legal election? Or is there widespread fraud? You know, talk about that and give us some and, real, and I want to throw real a couple, talk.
1: I want to throw a couple more in. I mean, the voting machines, who are they owned by? There was a report that came out and said they were the easiest voting machines to manipulate than anything on, on the market. And I've been saying to Mike back and forth, and he keeps yelling at me. Quit with the conspiracy theory,
2: but you- but but the reason I I I don't I don't want to put that out there is one. Well, the biggest reason no. I don't want to put that out there is that what exactly what Mark just said people are discouraged from going to the polls because they don't think their vote counts. They have no confidence. And and if they do that, then they win. They don't even have to cheat. Right. They so just how, have to keep you so from voting. It,
1: exactly. So, Mark, how do we get the confidence back?
2: No, no, no. Before that, I, I want to Oh, hear, you want yours first? I want to know, it, do, does California have a free and and uh, legal safe. and legit safe election process?
7: Well, do you have two and a half hours for me to... Fully Mm -hmm. answer all those questions you just throw.
2: I'll tell you what we got two minutes now, and then we can take you over to if you if you can truly give us some some information on that, we'll pull you over into the next segment. I I really want to have time. Yeah, so go ahead. I I I got time, so we'll we'll, go for it. Okay, so go go ahead and start. You got about two minutes. You got two minutes now, and then we'll pull you over to the next segment. So go for it. Because this is important.
7: Okay, this is very important. California's number one problem is not election integrity. It's voter suppression, and the voter suppression comes because people believe the media that Republicans and conservatives can't win, and as such, they simply do not vote. Now, this voter suppression comes in many different forms, and we'll probably get into it into the next segment here, but what is important to understand is that there are millions of people – who simply who are registered to vote, their ballot was mailed to them. They know they have a civic duty to vote, but they came up with the decision that the vote didn't matter. Okay, so Mark, hey, Mark,
1: we're at the top of the break. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Uh, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.
0: Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All
2: right, so we're talking to Mark for, uh who's running for U.S. Senate. We're going to talk about voter integrity, but first... P-R-M-I mortgage, com slash Alpine.
1: Are you in the military? Are you looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy, refi, or maybe even considering a reverse mortgage, you need to call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at
2: 619-722-1303 or primeres.com slash Alpine. All right, so we're talking to Mark Meser. Uh He's running for U.S. Senate here in California. He's a longtime uh, attorney and uh, political advocate all across the state of California. We just scratched the surface on some of the election integrity things. Uh, but first, go to markmeaser.com. That's M-A-R-K-M-E-U-S-E-R.com. Check him out. Uh, he's, run, like I said, running for, for U.S. Senate to for uh, the seat that was vacated by now- Vice President Harris. But before we went to break, Mark, we were talking about election integrity. I really want to get into this with you. So let me ask you a couple of almost yes or no questions. Because um, you were saying, hey, look, there's not really an integrity problem. There's not a voter integrity or an election integrity problem. Um, there is a voter suppression problem in California. So I want to ask kind of the same question a few different ways to so that, that people... Uh, you know, people get the knowledge they need, so so they get the confidence they need to show up and vote. When you say there's not an election integrity problem, that you know, there people aren't taking ballots and throwing them away, right?
7: No, they're not taking it. And I'm going to correct you. I didn't say that there's no problem. I said the biggest problem is uh-huh. not election integrity. The biggest problem is election suppression.
2: My my apologies. But before we get to election suppression, though, let's talk about voter integrity. Um, Is is there a significant issue with people legitimately voting and then having their vote or their ballot destroyed for for no reason?
7: No, that is even in the election integrity side, that is not the biggest problem. Yes, there may be a few people who get ballots that don't uh, that who aren't supposed to get it. But again, that's not the margin of where we're losing the the election.
2: And in California, is there a problem with people who don't exist voting? In other words, are there ballots showing up for dead uh, people? You know, dead people that you know people that are dead, or pe- maybe people that aren't real, or people that are that are voting illegally? Is is that a yeah. a widespread a widespread problem in <laughs> California?
7: Not widespread. But again, I'm going to have to address all these questions. In a narrative form rather than a yes or no, because that's yep. these are not yes or no questions.
2: I, I, and I and I and I totally understand. So so tell me, yeah, uh, you, yeah, you have to
1: understand. You're the first person we've been able to ask this. Let me see if this would help. What would be the percentage of votes that have either been tampered with, lost, or manipulated out of all the votes we get in California? You know that come in. Are we talking a small percentage? What are we talking?
7: I I think it's close, you know, it's hard to put an exact number on it. Right. uh, But it's probably a tenth of a percent.
2: A tenth of a percent. Okay. I can live with a tenth of a percent. So, are there, is there, do you think that there are uh, races out there that have been won or lost in the past, I'm going to just say last two, maybe three cycles. So, last uh, four to six years. Uh, Are there campaigns or, or elections, rather, that have been won or lost? because of um, election integrity issues? In other words, people voting who didn't exist, people's ballots being destroyed, that sort of thing. Are there people in office currently that uh, won because they cheated?
7: I think the answer to that question is yes. I don't know that it's necessarily in the state of California, but I do know that uh, we have had extremely close races in the past. Even in California, even San Diego, I would believe that there was like a city council race uh, south of San Diego a few years back where it was won by under 10 votes. And, yeah, you know, when you when you push came to shove, yeah, there was probably a couple of people who voted who shouldn't have voted. And, yes, that election was probably determined by illegal ballots. Mm. Um, I, I can go back, you know. This is not a new problem. I can go take it clear back into the seventeen hundreds in this country oh, where yeah. uh where stuff happens. It, it's but,
1: but we're sophisticated enough today that we should like there should never be an argument on voter ID. I mean, I have to show my ID for ninety percent of the things I do. I think voting is one of the most important. I think that would bring some integrity back to the to the non voter, knowing that hey, if they have hey, to show an ID I'm sorry. If you want ahead. to
7: vote at a if you have to if you want to vote at a union election or at the California party election, yeah. you have to show ID.
2: You can't even go to okay. the Democratic Party. Okay, it. that's true. That that's probably fix some things. But let's get back to okay. So there there isn't you wouldn't say there is vote or an election integrity issue. It may not be as widespread as 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 a lot of people uh, think. But you 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 made the point of saying there's a voter suppression issue. So now let's get into that. Explain what you mean by that.
7: Okay. How many people, I mean, it's hard, you know, it's a lot easier for me to do this when I'm talking to a crowd, but you probably all heard about the story out of Woodland Hills where Republicans were being told uh, that they had already voted. Yes. Uh, Okay. I had that problem solved in 30 minutes. It was a reset of the computer. That's all that needed to happen. Unfortunately for the next three days, that was shared long, long, and wide on social media in major media outlets telling people that Republicans were being turned away at the polls. Now, California has some of the worst run elections in the nation for about the last seven elections. We have been ranked like the second worst or the third worst in the nation nationwide. The average is about one percent provisional ballots. One percent of the people who go into a poll to vote on Election Day are told. You've already voted, or, you know, that for some other reason they can't figure it out, and you have to vote a provisional ballot. In the state of California, that number is 16%, <laughs> meaning 16 out of every 100 people who come into the polls to vote on election day are forced to vote a provisional ballot. Why is that? California, because the, the people in charge, the Secretary of State, doesn't want to fix the problem.
2: And so what's I, the problem?
7: we're not maintaining our voter rolls we're you know in a in a state that has some of the best technology in the world we refuse to use that technology to properly clean up our voter rolls to make sure that people uh have accurate information make sure our databases actually are talking with each other when people die make sure they're removed when people move out of state the
2: and name is and removed is, from is the this list. is it because of incompetence or is this malfeasance
7: you know, for a long time, I thought it was, you know, just incompetence. But I actually think it plays into the Democrats' plan of voter suppression mm-hmm. because they know that it, all it takes is a story like that. And now one million people who were going to vote yes on the recall decide that their votes doesn't matter and they don't show up to vote. You know, the, you may have heard the story of people who had moved from the state of California three, four, five years ago getting the ballot mailed to them. Out of state.
2: Yeah, of course.
7: 10,413 people. That's how many people got a ballot mailed to them. We didn't lose the election by 10,413 people on this recall. But those stories were spreading all over social media, all over the conservative media. And now people go, you know what? They're cheating. My vote doesn't matter. I'm not going to vote. And that's where we're getting this voter suppression is we actually saw on this recall election, as we're looking at the data, the people who are what we call five out of five voters, meaning they vote every single election. Right. They vote. Okay. In fact, we actually saw a lot of a very high number of people who were called zero out of five, meaning they never vote, who all of a sudden showed up to vote.
2: So we could have won.
7: People is the people in the middle stayed home we were expecting four million people to vote on election day and right. it was like 1.5 million and well when you, you look know at who I, didn't vote it was the conservatives.
1: right well we got to go I, we could like you said this could be a three-hour show hands down but i think what we need to do is work extremely hard on getting the message out and i know i've heard it ever since i was a little kid that your vote counts and not to yeah. ignore it all right, so, buddy.
2: And your your again, your website m a r k m e u s e r. Go check them out.com uh, yep. It's markmuzer Go check them out. But also, we should we, mark. We, we should have you come back for a couple segments and talk exclusively just about this. It's it's that important. It's that it is important. such a, a battle. Um, and it, it, it's that important. We should have you back. All
1: right.
7: I will be more than willing to do that. This is one of my jobs as an election law attorney. Is I understand it, and you know we the thing. The biggest thing we're pushing right now as election law attorneys is, yes, there are problems with California elections. The attorneys are taking care of it. It's going to take time to fight it. Right. But what we the people have to do is we have to vote, because I can't defend against voter fraud if I don't have the votes to begin with.
1: There you go. All right. So, so since Mike asked all that, that legal advice, uh, send the invoice to 1-800-Michael Schwartz. 1-800-Michael Schwartz. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Gut Owner Radio, FM 96.1, AM eleven seventy, the answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gut Owners Radio,
2: FM 96.1, AM eleven seventy. The answer. In this right. segment, we're gonna know uh we're getting to know one of Joe's fellow authors on Substack. His name is Aaron Kenny. All right.
1: Well, hey, we are also very proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association. As a 10-ring partner, NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. Join them today. Members get uh, great prices and free shipping. Learn more about them at National concealed Carry or com. Sorry about that.
5: Yep.
2: So, who's your guest? Con- NationalConcealedCarryAssociation.com. Correct. Excellent. Aaron Kenny of Civilian Descent wrote a uh, a very interesting article. You know, Joe Gimisi uh, couldn't be here today, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this is something that he recommended and, and liked very much. So, we thought we'd get Aaron on the, on the air and, and uh, chat with him a little bit. Aaron, how you doing, man? Good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. So, talk about your article. First, uh, Talk about your, t- tell us who you are.
6: Uh, I'm Aaron Kinney. I write, obviously, on Substack, uh, civilian descent.
2: What is Substack? Tell people what Substack is.
6: So Substack is a – well, so when we saw a bunch of, like, journalists uh, start getting nixed from various places, you know, um, like especially when the censorship really kicked off a couple years ago, Um, Glenn Greenwald was, like, the most notable one. Um, They kind of all flocked to this alternate platform, um, and it's a censorship-free platform where the authors can basically control. You know, they can do free stuff, or they can do um, like paid um, uh, weekly emails or whatever. But uh, it's 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 just like a it's a nice alternative to like the mainstream media.
1: So. Okay, you're talking to the dummy in the room. So I sit down to yeah. my computer, and what do I do to get there?
6: You just go to Substack.com. Oh. And then you can,
1: it'll,
5: yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You
6: if you want to go to mine specifically, you would go to civiliandescent.substack.com. Okay. And so, I think Joe's uh, is uh, getagrip.substack.com or something. So, whatever it is, you
2: know.
1: That's interesting. Okay. See, I thought it'd be more difficult.
2: No, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> Modern technology. Okay. So, you wrote an article called, titled, I should say, You are part of a cultural insurgency. You are a part of you are part of a cultural insurgency. Tell us about that article. What what point were you looking to make in the article?
5: Uh,
6: so the really it was just uh, for like all of us that, you know, who are big Second Amendment advocates, you never, really it was just like a, an attaboy for all of us that have been pushing for this. Um, just a like a, a reminder that what we are doing works. Um, ultimately, it's just, The, you know, the uh, like the current Second Amendment culture, um, like the dominating force in it has been influenced so much by the NRA and, um, you know, various, uh, I would say, feckless conservative leaders. Um, We've been conditioned to just kind of give up our rights or compromise whenever the Democratic Party pushes.
2: Well, You're you really rough on the NRA. Talk, talk a little bit about that.
6: <laughs> well, I mean, the NRA has supported every federal gun control bill since its inception. You know, it was in on writing the NFA. It helped with the GCA. Um, they supported the bump stock ban. Um, the most recent one. Um, so they are kind of the epitome of compromise,
2: in my opinion. Now, if they um, were – look, I'm, I'm not here to support the NRA. I'm not here I, – I, I personally have had, uh, you know, in our organization, Sandy Diego County Gun Owners, Riverside County Gun Owners, we've had uh, run-ins, let's say, with the NRA. Um, uh-huh. I, I, but I'm not here to bash them. I'm not here to support them. Mm-hmm. But Devil's Advocate would say that um, they weren't supportive of, of certain legislation, that you know, the legislation that you're talking about but what, you know uh-huh. what they were trying to do is is stop it and then or at least craft it so that it wasn't as bad what what what's your reaction i get the i get that all the time this isn't my argument this is yeah. this is what i'm told all the time so just playing mm-hmm. a devil's advocate and 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 bringing up what they would say what what are your yeah. thoughts on that
6: no and i and i hear the same argument all the time and and the thing is is that the the second amendment is is very clear in the way it was written in the way the founding fathers you know, uh, wanted it to be or had uh, prescribed early on and that it's not it was never their job to compromise on our behalf. And it was never their job to try to get in and try to mold the quote unquote mold legislation to make it easier on us. It was their job to oppose it no matter what. That's why they get millions of dollars a year. You know, that's why they are the face of gun rights
2: i think that's a fair criticism absolutely you know in the article you also talk about tim pool a lot who i'm i'm a fan of i like tim pool i don't uh, i don't yeah. i don't agree with you know everything i don't agree with everything there's nobody out there i, I agree with on everything Yeah,
5: you. Um,
2: but he's uh he's a good dude he's interesting and i've listened to him it was actually my wife found him and and uh turned him on to me um and i've heard him kind of uh I don't know if he shifted, you know, and kind of changed and and maybe was Uh enlightened on some things like like uh, like like gun issues, Second Amendment issues, or if the world around him changed and he he refused to go with them. And therefore, it looks like, you know, he was kind of he was kind of left in the in the in the cold. But but he originally Mm -hmm. started out as a Bernie Sanders guy. Um, mm-hmm. progressive, you know, and I think Occupy he would... Occupy Wall Street guy. That's where he got famous, Occupy yep. Wall Street yep. covering all that. But now, I mean, he's pretty rock solid when it comes to Second Amendment issues. Wouldn't you agree?
6: Yes. Oh, yeah. It's it's actually been... So he hasn't always been that way. Um, I know he had, like, a, a run-in with, like, a break-in or something, and all he had on him was a pellet gun to defend himself, and that kind of changed his mind a little bit. He's talked about that. Um, but it's been fun to watch him go from, like... Not against guns, but not for them. Too tentatively pro guns, and now he's he's pretty much an absolutist. You know, <laughs> so there has been a shift in him, and it's it's been fun to watch, and it's encouraging because if if some you know hardcore leftist Occupy Wall Street Bernie guy can do it, that means we can do that for a lot of people, right? You know, they're not all lost.
2: <laughs> and so, what, and tell us, and that was kind of the uh, that's what you kind of when with the article, that's how you kind of kicked it off is with Tim Poole, mm-hmm. and basically, is that was that the reason for including Tim, is saying, hey, look, if this guy can change, we can change anybody?
6: Well, that's part of it. Um, and, and the other, I mean, honestly, it was just his assessment of the current Second Amendment culture that inspired me to write it. Like, he was talking about the dominant culture that's, you know, a little bit of an older generation, probably the guys that are not, or the, were the guys that were advocating that we give up bump stocks, you know, to satiate the left. Um, the guys who are willing to compromise, they think that, you know, there has to be quote unquote, reasonable gun control. Um, but I wanted to write the article because we are seeing a shift in the culture right now, um, where the younger generation is much, much more of an absolute of like the absolutist type, you know, we want the NFA abolished and, and and that kind of stuff. So it it was his little excerpt there um inspired me to write it but i wanted to i don't know like i said encourage those of us who are fighting the good fight right
2: so from your article uh i just want to mm-hmm. read a little bit culture is yeah. everything politics is mm-hmm. irrelevant and we are taking mm-hmm. over the second amendment culture we are only going to get more wealthy more powerful and more influential as we get older and we will uh as we get older we will infiltrate institutions and political offices everywhere it's not a fast strategy but it's the only way to have meaningful political change. I thought that mm-hmm. was an excellent way. It was the, it's kind of your it was your penultimate uh, paragraph there, and I thought it was an excellent mm-hmm. summary and way to uh, as an outro to your article. Is, is that pretty much uh, sums up all the all the points you made prior? Wouldn't you say? Yeah,
6: man, and I appreciate the kind words there. But yeah, yeah.
2: So, and part of it is being involved. You know, we have a candidate in in the studio today. Uh, right now, Laura mm-hmm. Lothian, she's running for office. Hello in uh, in, <laughs> in La Mesa. Uh, she's endorsed by San Diego County gun owners and we're, we're trying very hard to get her elected. I, th- awesome. I th- I've said many times you, you we have to get involved. We have to stop mm-hmm. sharing memes, you know and, mm-hmm. and thinking that that's activism. Um, yes. and, and honestly, like uh, you know the uh, refuse to comply people mm-hmm. I, they're not helping. They're, and I don't mean that it's it's you know that they're literally, um, actually I do mean they're literally not helping. If you're, you you yeah. know if you're a hey I'm gonna fight this by refusing to comply, that really means you're just sitting in your house not doing something mm-hmm. you know that that the, mm-hmm. and kind of feeling good about how how ballsy you are when in reality yeah you're you're not, you're you're not really doing anything signaling. Yeah, you're in-group signaling for online points. That's it. You're in-group signaling for online points. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. You're kind of you sorry. It's like the right side of the spectrum's virtue signaling, right?
6: Exactly, exactly. But the reality
2: yep. is, it means you're not doing anything. Now, if you said, "Hey, look, I'm not going to comply," and then you publicize it, and then you get arrested, and then you hire an attorney, and you go through yep. the legal system you know, or you, or you use that as a launch pad for your, for your, to run for office. Great. Mm -hmm. But the reality Mm -hmm. is when people say they're not going to comply with something, it really means that that they're more comfortable sitting on their couch rather than actually doing something. Am I, am I wrong? Am I way off? Am I being too critical?
6: No, I, I, I agree with you. You know, there has to be the action behind the, just the words. I mean, and that's, you know, that's another thing are these, that I have a problem with some of the, you know, leadership in the Republican Party. There's a lot of empty platitudes, but no action behind it.
2: You know, um, I'm just impressed you could find now. leadership in the Republican Party. That's amazing. <laughs>
6: I'm trying to not, I'm trying to not, uh, you know, trying to not hurt too many feelings here.
2: <laughs> oh, come on, man! You're, the name of your, uh, uh, the name of your, uh, your, your platform is uh, civilian dissent. You got to hurt yeah. some feelings. Break yeah. some eggs, yeah. my well, friend.
6: I think I did with that article, man. I had a lot of people, the, the older generation, a little pissed off, or excuse me, a little mad at that.
2: <laughs> well, I think it was great. I think you did a great job. I really liked your article. You are a part of a cultural insurgency by Aaron Kenny. Aaron, thank you so much for your, for your article, and thanks for coming on the air with us, man. Hey, hey as far hey, as these old guys
1: getting mad at you, the way you look at that is they read your article. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep, monetize your haters. That's hey, what I always Well, say. you know, hey, everybody's <laughs> entitled to an opinion, and if they yep. felt strong enough to respond, that that's a feather in your cap. And, and just don't change that mantra, and you'll be fine. I
6: appreciate that.
1: All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Why? Because it's good on this radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. So, what's cooking in San Francisco?
2: Well, so we're going to talk to Lori Lothian uh, a little bit about the show and talk to her about her campaign next. Sweet. So, that has nothing to do with San Francisco. No. Well, we <laughs> might talk about San
1: Francisco. Okay. Hey, did you know John Dillon is the attorney of the Miller versus Bontas case and the Jones versus Bontis case? In other words, he's working to remove the assault weapon ban and working to restore your Second Amendment rights for 18 to 21-year-olds. And if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you really need to know John Dillon. If you have a question about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760 Six four two seven one five zero, or you could visit his website at dylanlawgp
2: So, what do you think of the show, Laura?
3: Oh, I, I very, very fascinating. Yeah. And I'll tell you this: the last uh, gentleman that was on the writer for Substack,
5: yeah,
3: uh, he ended his segment by talking about uh, Republican leadership. Yeah, and you guys kind of made a joke: there are any, you know, yeah. what's well, it's kind of funny because I have been making phone calls to very, very very um involved donors throughout San Diego County for mm-hmm. the last month and the number one overriding emotion I have received from these guys is frustration yeah with they they they're more angry at Republicans, Laying down and getting steamrolled Than they are at the guys doing the steamrolling
1: Not as much as he is
3: yeah. It's 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 everyone And I, yeah, and I told you I was talking really with fa- Very successful, powerful people in the county And it would be a 20 minute diatribe Of where are they yeah. And that's how I feel I, I used to use the example that if I saw someone beat up my mom And my dad watched the guy beating up my mom I'd be angry at my dad Than I would beat the guy beating up my mom
2: Right, right, because he yeah. didn't help Yeah and that, I think that's a, that's a really good analogy right yeah. Now. Yeah. It's a really good analogy. <laughs> so, you know, and especially with COVID, you know, for for decades, for my entire adult life, um, you know, Republicans told me that Democrats were going to take away my rights, but they were going to stop, stop them, mm-hmm. you know? And Democrats told me that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that they weren't going to take away my rights, um, you know, and my freedom and my liberty. And then COVID came, and Democrats did come and take away my liberty and my freedom and and a lot of people's and republicans didn't do anything nothing they did nothing
3: well that's one of the things that got me upset in La Mesa um, I am surrounded by businesses uh, because my office is in downtown La Mesa the village Uh, and um, there's a gal who Mm -hmm. owns a restaurant and she showed me her checking account on January of 2021 and it had eleven hundred dollars in it Mm -hmm. her overhead is thirty thousand a month she tried to turn her restaurant into a market that sells bananas and milk, something, to stay alive. And I I couldn't stand to see that because this is some – I saw her spend two years opening this place up. And so then I came up with the idea that we have a place called Avenue of the Stars. And I said, you know what? Let, I'll pay for it. I'll put plastic tables out there. I'll put a, uh, a cleaning station for people's hands. I'll clean the trash every day that people could go pick up-to-go food, and they'd have these plastic tables outside where they could eat. I saw them do that in Coronado, Mission Valley, Oceanside, Carlsbad, uh, Little Italy, and I wanted to do the same thing. And the city of La Mesa said, nope, uh, they're following s- CDC rules or whatever, no public tables uh, in public spaces. And then I'm like, well, what about the public tables in our public parks that are filled of with homeless people cooking? It's like, why were the public (laughs) tables in the public parks allowed to stay, but the people who literally wanted to save their businesses couldn't have it? And then it dawned on me that—and I love La Mesa, and I I know all the guys on City Council, but what they did is they rubber-stamped— Everything that came out of Sacramento. So you'd go to a park, and we had yellow caution tape like it was a murder scene, Mm -hmm. and they had garbage cans blocking entrances, and they were blocking. And anybody could tell being outside in the sun, a kid, a a four-year-old can't go on a merry-go-round or a seesaw. And and I just said, someone has got to stand up and 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 support these businesses. You can't have businesses going under.
2: Well, Dave's heard me tell this joke before. There's this uh, this old joke that I heard I don't know how many years ago that uh, you know Republicans and Democrats. If Democrats presented a proposal to burn down the White House, Republicans would insist they phase it in over three years. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it.
3: So, that is so sad. So yeah, so that's you're so running. True.
2: So you're running yeah. for La Mesa City yeah. Council, mm-hmm. and and it sounds like was that the cat? I mean, you'd run before.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I have a famous candle story. And what happened is I have an office on the boulevard and you can see me through the window. And so a few years ago, a fireman walked into my office and I'm like, hi. And he goes, hi, you're gonna have to put that candle out. And it's a little anthropology vanilla lavender candle. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you got to put it out. And I'm like, why? He goes, because you don't have a permit for it. And I go, I need a permit for the candle. He goes, yeah. And I go, well, all right, I'll go downtown and get a permit. He goes, nope, we only issue issue them to places of worship and restaurants. Put it out. And I did. Today, I would not. But then I'm like, okay. And so I blew it out. This is a fireman? This is a fireman, yeah. And he walked in maybe to pull, pull, blow out my candle. And then we used to have Christmas in the village, and we'd roast yeah, chestnuts yeah. on an open fire. Well, they stopped that because the chestnut roasters didn't have a food handling license. Yeah. So I play pickleball, and there's a huge sign on the court that says, must have permit to give pickleball lessons, and it's just like so that used to be annoying.
1: So these regulations are getting—they yeah, they
3: get me because it's like you need an you need a regular uh, you need a permit to move an outlet. You need a permit to uh, to install a chandelier. Um, I I'm a real estate agent. I've seen clients with unfinished decks because they spent more money on the paperwork than they did on the lumber, and they ran out.
1: Okay, I have to do this, Michael. Yell at me, but I have to tell you my regulations are right. Okay, I want to hear it. I live in Alpine. I own 16 cars. Okay. <laughs> I want to put in a shop, 60 by 100. I'm ready to do it. So I called up U.S. Steel. I said, hey, you sell sheds in in California, you know, garage? Absolutely, no problem. I says, you permitted? He says, yep, we paid all our permits. We're good to go. I said, okay, fine. He says, but if you're going to buy one, you have to go down to the county and buy a permit. I go, why don't I got to buy a permit to have a building put up that you've already paid to have the permit? He says, talk to your government. So I went down, $2,800. $2,800 for what? For absolutely what? So I am on your side, and I'll move to La Mesa, and I'll vote for you.
3: (laughs) Well, I have a client who was building a garage. It had nothing but a window and a garage door. And she took her nine trips, and she'd go down with her plans, and the planner would find a mistake on page two. She goes, okay, I'll correct that. And then she turned the page and goes, nope, go correct it and come back. That's not servicing the taxpayer that is you lording over your authority it took her nine trips to get final
2: approval so what you're describing these you know permits and and potholes this is real city business yeah um and it it feels more and more like la mesa's city council is getting involved in you know national subjects rather than concentrating on you know making sure that if they're gonna have a permit. That they can actually get the permit, it's affordable and 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 available. Um, if in case you want to have you know go through the, you know have the the dangerous activity of having a candle in your office, right? But it seems like I don't know. You're Am my I wrong? Office. It seems like La Mesa is, is going way too far to the national scenes that. You know, and, and totally it, straying away from what matters it, in people's lives about a city council.
3: It, it it doesn't feel like a La Mesa election. Well, it, are they
2: financially strapped? Is it, are they trying
3: to
1: raise no, money? No, no, no. Mesa's doing great. So if they're not financially strapped, dumb as I am, that just sounds like control and harassment.
3: Well, that's I mean, well, that's how I feel. I just think that people have gotten into the or governments have gotten into the habit they're too of big. yeah, they're too big. And it would be nice if you almost had, you know, almost like a triage government, like government only comes in when it has to. But instead, it's just controlling everything. And it is interesting that you mentioned potholes because I have a client who, before we put his house on the market, he and his neighbor were filling the potholes on his street. And I just had to laugh. I mean, these are million-dollar houses, and they're getting the materials, digging the hole.
1: You know, are filling. Mesa's seen that. They'd make him dig out all the asphalt, <laughs> come down, get yeah. a
2: permit, and then fill it back up.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And don't that,
2: know. Th- you know, people ask us a lot, uh, what our agenda is. You know, San Diego kind of gun owners, gunners, ready that. You know, all the different organizations. You know, what's our agenda? Our agenda. We don't really have a, an agenda. Our agenda is to uh, respond to other people's agendas. You know, for years, for decades, for the entire history of our country, city councils, local government. They've done what they're supposed to do, which is fill potholes. You know, that's that was the original reason for a city council. You know, it's, hey, you know what? The road's kind of rough. we got to get people in and out of here. All right, let's get together and, and make wasn't some it also
1: Making sure the parks were well kept and well, I mean, people it, had it, places to go and it was, rec- recreate. It, but the very
2: basics of it was making sure that people could get in and out of your city. That's gotcha. the origins of a city council. That's really their purpose. And then, of course, it's expanded beyond that and now their agenda seems to be hey you know what we as a city council want to make sure that we uh, you know that we signal and let everybody know where we feel what we feel about every national mm. thing that comes along including your gun rights and so that's you know we we, we San Diego County gun owners and Orange County gun owners and you know uh, Riverside San Bernardino all these organizations are saying hey look we want you to be a city council member and we want you to stand with us on second amendment rights mm-hmm. But really, we understand your job is to fill potholes, make sure that people have garbage and water and, you know, all the other things that a city council is supposed to do. And then if you move up in office, we want to make sure that you you stand with us on Second Amendment rights now, because when you move up in office and, you know, whether that's Sacramento or Washington, D.C., when you actually start making uh, decisions on, on on state and national issues like like your Second Amendment, we want to make sure that you're with us. You know, we want to make sure that you're. Uh, uh, who we need you to be when, when it comes to defending our Second Amendment rights, and the other candidates that you're running against, nowhere near that description. I mean, they're they're extreme, yeah. even for extreme.
0: Uh, yeah. and, and when
2: it comes to city government, we need you know people that are going, hey, you know what? I just wanted a candle in my office. You know, I just wanted—we just wanted to be able to keep some businesses open, so so people can eat and put their kids through college.
3: Well, you've got the uh, the parklets right now, so uh, luckily uh, the governments uh, allowed those uh, temporary uh, sidewalk uh, parklets, uh, street public mm-hmm. spaces, mm-hmm. and they've been a runaway success. I think they've really helped save. Hundreds of businesses, sure. uh, but San Diego is now getting ready to start taxing and regulating them. Anything San Diego does, La Mesa is going to follow suit. And I'm thinking the last thing these people need is regulations on their parklets, getting taxed on their parklets. And why does
1: La Mesa have to do that?
3: I don't know. So far, they just kind of they just kind of follow suit. Does I mean,
1: Santee do that? I I, I don't know. <laughs> Santee didn't
3: Santee didn't have a riot. Last year,
2: yeah, well, yeah. we almost did. Yeah, I
3: know. And Santi's <laughs> like uh, not happening we here. We almost
2: did. Yeah, two days after they burned down La Mesa. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you. All right, well, we're gonna take. You know what? It's
1: been a blast having you around. How do people follow you and help you out?
3: Okay, my website's Laura for LauraForLaMesa.com. L a u r a f o r l a m e s a dot com. Okay. And uh, and yeah, the other
2: thing you need to do is sign up for our email. Become an, a member yeah. because we're endorsing her and we need help getting her elected. All right, that sounds fantastic. Thank good, you, guys. Good to have you. Hope you had yeah, a lot well, of fun. Well, she's going to stay with us, and she's going to oh. actually uh, she's gonna she's gonna ask She's going to ask the question. Oh, ask the question. Um,
5: Ooh, I wait until
1: you see what you're stuck with. <laughs> okay. Because you're going to be talking to Einstein. <laughs> oh, I heard about together. this guy. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, oh. AM, 1170, oh. AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, we live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack. So let us be your voice to help defend and restore the second amendments. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things that you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, the podcast, or you know wherever else you listen to. So two shows, leave a five-star review on Apple podcast. We appreciate it. And it helps boost our show and puts it out in front of a lot more people. And nobody likes that more than our
2: advertisers.
1: All right. So we've got to have our special guests do. Uh, yeah.
2: Sam the Gunman. Sam so, the gunman. Yep. so Stump, my nephew. Yep. Sam the Gunman is my nephew. And we found out a few years ago that he's really good at gun trivia. Yep. And um, he's
1: never, he doesn't know anything about the, the question. He doesn't know the question, doesn't know the answer.
2: So if you. Yeah, so
3: if, it's not rigged. It's not, not rigged. That
2: okay. so <laughs> we can guarantee. If you have a question about gun trivia, write us, email us, send mm-hmm. us a. a, a message on facebook if we use your question on the air we'll send you a hat or a t-shirt if you stump my nephew you get a membership to front Sight, which is basically a lifetime of firearms training out in prom nevada
5: how cool is that right yeah Yeah.
3: you have a lot of confidence in your nephew uh
2: you you should it's (laughs) his his record's amazing sam you there oh no where's sam oh there he is you there sam you there yeah, can you hear me? There you go. Hear you now? So, Sam, how old are you, man? Uh, 22, I guess. He's 22. <laughs> okay. He guesses. Uh-huh. See that? Even yeah. when he guesses, he gets it right. <laughs> it's amazing. This kid knows everything. <laughs> so he's been on the show for what, like three years now? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and his record, like he gets like 90% of these.
3: Oh, okay, so he has
2: been stumped. He has been stumped. Okay. But it's few and far between. Okay. And there are hard questions. Like, we really, uh, we, we actually... We'll we'll go around the room and say, does anybody know the answer to it? No, none of us know the answer. I mean, they're hard
1: questions. See, now so. he thinks there's a conspiracy that the listeners know what is what his hot topics are uh-huh. and the ones he doesn't know as much about. <laughs> so now they're hitting him with the ones that they don't he doesn't know that much about, <laughs> and he's not really
2: happy with it. So and he doesn't guys... have a
3: phone in his hand googling nope. anything. No, nope. in
2: fact, uh, his my sister, his mom uh-huh. is is quality control. <laughs> Let's say. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So uh, Laura is running for uh, city council in La Mesa, Sam. Great to hear. Yeah. And she's uh, endorsed by San Diego County Gunner. She's a guest in the studio.
8: So she's going to. Great to have you on the show.
2: She's going to. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I've
3: had a good time.
2: Yeah. So she's going to read the question to you and uh, try to stump my nephew.
3: Okay. And it's from Jose in Lakeside. Correct. Okay. So the question is this What's the difference between a gunsmith and an armorer?
8: Jose in Lakeside. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, now, as someone who works at a gun store, this is something I encounter all the time. Um, people who aren't really uh, into this, people who don't work in the industry, um, people who aren't really, uh, you know, really deep into this will sometimes get the terms confused uh, because they are pretty similar. And so I'll have people come up to me and ask, uh, you know, where's, where's the nearest gunsmith? I need a gunsmith. And so I'll ask casually. Well, what do you need done? And then they'll say something like, "Oh, I need uh, like I need a trigger replaced, or something like that." So the difference between a gunsmith and an armorer is like the difference between a machinist and an auto mechanic. An armorer is able to uh, replace parts on a particular type of firearm and perform all the service that uh, that it requires to stay functioning. You know, replace broken parts. Uh, change stuff out like that. Whereas a gunsmith is able to fabricate and tolerance new parts. So if you need, like I said, if you need a trigger replaced, if you need a barrel replaced uh, in something like an AR-15, you need an armorer. If you're looking to have something much more elaborate done, like if you need, uh, say, if you need a stock checkered, or if you need something that requires specialized tools and specialized equipment, then you're more looking for a gunsmith.
2: Okay, so that I was. I
3: don't think he got that right.
2: <laughs> so, re, re, before you read his answer, they even used the same analogy. Like the person who wrote in even used the same analogy. Go ahead and read okay. the answer. Okay,
3: all right. So, the primary objective of an armorer is to maintain firearms and conduct minor repairs through parts replacement.
1: That was right. He said that exactly.
3: He, he did. A gunsmith has the ability to machine firearms and parts, as well as customize or create firearms or parts. The gunsmith is more of a machinist. The best analogy might be the difference between an automobile oil change service and an engine shop. That's almost the exact. Yeah.
2: Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I mean, it's really. Maybe amazing. he's
3: Jose in Lakeside. <laughs> yeah. Are you?
2: Do you? Uh, you know? Do you? Uh, uh, moonlight is Jose from Lakeside. Yeah. Right. Sometimes Sam.
8: I promise I did not send that question in
2: you know I was talking uh, I was at a Republican dinner uh, last week and uh, I do you you remember Brian Marriott Uh, yes I do so Brian Marriott's running for Congress he was a city council member up in Mm -hmm, Orange County mm -hmm. and I ran into him at at a dinner and we were chatting for just a minute he was there with his wife uh, who was really lovely really nice to talk to and he brought up my nephew he said yeah I sat down and talked with him and and uh he brought his nephew and uh you know, he was the smartest guy I ever met. He had all these questions and he mm-hmm. knew everything about guns and he explained things to me. Anyway, it was very cool. When I met when I went and met with Brian Marriott, I brought Sam. Sam happened to be in town and I said, Sam, I need you to uh, take some notes so that we know exactly I'm gonna be talking to him, so I need you to take some notes. So Sam had about 37 pages of notes. Wow! On Brian Marriott. Oh my goodness. It was like it was like sitting with an FBI agent.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, and then uh, whenever we had a question, you know, like, well, you know, Sam, why don't you explain to him about you know X Y Z, you know, firearm, whatever? And Sam would give him a dissertation. Wow. And how old was he at this time? Like 12. I
5: think.
8: <laughs> no, yeah. no. This was a, he, he's he's talking me up as usual. As usual. Um, I was uh, I was prodigal. acting an administrative assistant for the day. I took a few pages of notes <laughs> and I explained a couple things that he had questions about.
2: Tomato that, tomato. <laughs> I th- well, I think what were you like 19? It's like a couple uh, years ago. Probably thereabouts. He was like 19, I think. So, anyway. Sam, awesome job my friend. You saved me another uh, Front frontsite uh, membership. You nailed it. You even you not only got the question right, but you got the analogy that they used right.
8: No comment. That's amazing. <laughs> All
2: right, my friend. Thank you, Sam.
3: Bye, Sam. Yeah,
8: thanks very much for uh, having me on. Good night. Take care, buddy. That's my it's nephew. Amazing. Huh? Yeah. How cool is that?
3: Lots of, lots of love between uncle and nephew. That's beautiful.
2: So I, I'm really happy that you're here, Laura. I, I really wanted you to be you know, in, in a, a few different segments and, and come on the show so that people got to know you. Right. Um, because uh, I, you're extremely dynamic. You've been a really successful um, important part of La Mesa um, and its success and a lot of going on there. I can't really think of anyone or, or any way uh, that would make you more qualified to, to be on, on the city council. And you just happen to be really great on the Second Amendment as well.
3: Yeah. And it, like I said, it'd be great to have uh, the four members currently are all from the government sector. It'd be so nice to have somebody from the private sector on our city council.
2: Well, I think so, but I think it'd be it'd be nice for you to be on the city. Council. Yeah, for me, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and, and
3: like a twenty years of, of a very successful real estate experience in La Mesa. I'm I'm La Mesa's biggest cheerleader.
2: Truly. Uh truly. Yeah, you and didn't even did it off air. And and we have like this we have this is a huge opportunity, you know, we're we're rolling off this recall everybody's throwing their hands up in the air, they're frustrated, they're mad. And we just spoke with Mark Mieser who said, hey, look, the biggest problem here is people are not yes. showing up to vote because they're discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an opportunity where people can reach out to you, reach out to your campaign, mm-hmm. give 10 bucks, give 100 bucks, give 1,000 bucks, whatever you can afford, mm-hmm. but give something. Mm-hmm. Um, and show up. You, there's a lot of opportunities to help your campaign.
3: The number I'm getting is, I I ran in, in 2020, just last year, and garnered 9,175 9, votes. I am being told that if I get between 2,500 and 3,000 votes this election, I win it.
2: 3,000 yes. votes. That's all people we got to do.
5: Up That's
3: it. There's five, uh, five opponents. Uh, four, uh, four. Uh, w- there's going to be a forum this, a candidate forum this Wednesday, and I'll be up against four. So on that one.
2: This yeah. is this is everything That's going it. our way. This is them splitting the vote rather than us splitting the vote. Right. This is us having a, a candidate who's qualified. If with your
1: second amendment, you only have one vote. That's her.
2: Exactly right. The other are nowhere near it. Right. Nowhere near. Oh no no hostile. So, but the point is, and what we've talked about with the recall, what we learned from Mark is, she's not going to win unless we help. Mm-hmm. We can't just sit back and say, "All right, well then, that looks like it's take, taken care of." Or worse, we can't sit back and say, "Hey, uh, my vote doesn't count." This is an opportunity to take back La Mesa City Council, which should be pro Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an opportunity to to do the things that it takes to to win and for a candidate that, that really truly um, supports our our what we do. Um, so I, I again what's your website? Laura for
3: Lauraforlamesa.com.
2: L A U R A F O R L A M E S A .com. Dot .com. Thank you, Laura. Right. Thanks Laura. Right. Thanks Laura it's been
1: Thank great. Thank you. Hey folks, subscribe to our podcast. Just search Gun Owners Radio and you can find us, leave a five-star review to help the word get out. And please support all our fantastic sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owner, US Law Shield. The Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, 365 Glacier Payment, Scott Vinson, uh, Coldwall Banker Royalty Realty, and the National Concealed Carry Association. Thanks to uh, Joe Germisi. Hope he gets well. We'll see him next week. Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, and our Brendan Thomas, who's also a little under the weather, but he'll be back next week. Can't thank you all enough. Bob Siegel is in the wings, and I got a feeling he's going to full have a full packed show for you right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170 The Answer